420 blaze it. Hey. <laughs> Are you high now? No. Okay. I wish. <clears throat> I feel like Oh yeah, co- that's <laughs> COVID probably is not the best decision. Probably, yeah. <laughs> COVID has taken from me the only literally the only thing I care about, getting high. <laughs> <laughs> on this, the most holiest of days. Oh, man. Guess what, motherfuckers? I'm not dead. <laughs> yeah. You tried to kill Welcome me. Welcome <laughs> back to the land of the living. I'm still here. They Oh, they tried to get you with that 5G? Yeah, they tried to... <laughs> the 5G. Yeah, the 5G virus. This uh this freaking LTE bug thing. Uh yeah. Um so thanks for your patience everyone as we took a week off cuz I could not really sit or stand upright. Um It's Have uh, you thought about getting a laying down desk for when you get <laughs> um COVID again cuz apparently that's possible. <laughs> I know. Isn't it That's so fucked up. I hate that. Uh this is awful. Um, I sort of have a lying down desk. I don't know. Like to be able to look at a <laughs> at a screen or use a keyboard at all, you have to have a certain like a uh, certain level of angle, which is not a phrase that makes any sense. <laughs> a certain level of angle. Shut up. You mean a certain angle? Yeah. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I will. What what show is this? This is Think Outside the Box set. What's it about? Well, uh, we... <laughs> did you listen to the, <laughs> the intro that I did last time? No, I didn't. For our, <laughs> for our canned episode? No. Basically, it's just like I... My brain... It's not me. It's my brain refuses to <laughs> memorize the log line. And I think I'm going to actually need you to explain what the show is. Wait, you think that I have it memorized? You think I I'm think not just? You, you think I'm not just to write it down? Uh, I could just be reading off of a paper every single time. These these artists that we cover and we listen to their their whole catalog, their discography, yeah, in chronological order, yeah. And these artists, people don't people got ideas about them, but are they ideas? Are they good? Mm, I don't know. We'll see. That's very well put, Cameron, and very succinct. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I'm Nathan Hunt. That's Cameron DeWitt. And we're talking about Macklemore, his second album. It, well, his his first album, because the first one was just a mixtape, right? Uh, I think uh, Technically, um, my understanding of what it means in general for there to be a mixtape is that you can't just sell it at a record store because it has samples that are like not, uh, not cleared obtained yeah. or not cleared yeah. yeah they're not illegal samples it's just illegal to sell music with those samples right uh so i don't know to what extent that was true in his last album but i think that's typically what mixtape means maybe it's evolved to mean something else yeah yeah i think that that seems right um so now macklemore is 23 the year is 2005 and uh he's beginning to sound more like him, himself <clears throat> yeah a little bit of humor. A little bit of humor, yeah. Well, now, there a are little t- bit of attempts at humor, we should say. I think there are a couple moments that are nice. Okay. Um, There's a song that tries to be funny. No, <laughs> that isn't. There, but mostly it's it's 20 songs in this album. It's 73 minutes. It's too long. It's too long. 
and most of the songs are really boring. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it seems like he's actually has something to say, which is good. He does. It's not just like new age bullshit. Yeah, it's not new age bullshit like the last album. And it seems like he, he, his flow has more like uh, meaning. Like he doesn't just throw a bunch of words in there for their sound that don't actually mean anything. He, he seems to uh, actually be constructing coherent thoughts and sentences most of the yeah, time. Yeah, but it's still it's still very prosaic. It's true. Yeah. Most most of the time, uh, I would say the best songs on this album are when he starts telling stories yeah. or painting, you know, pictures or describe or describing scenes. Um, yeah. Instead of just saying, you know, words like systems. Yeah. He uses that word a lot. <laughs> government or yeah. like, um, you're, you're right. A lot of it. Oppression. <laughs> he uses a lot of like yeah, multisyllabic. Like yeah. He, he tries to do social commentary and ends up sounding like a college essay that's not very good and it's yeah the a lot of it feels like prose rather than like verse um yes so not a lot of like uh linguistic devices like simile or metaphor um yeah he he does a he does a good job at making the prose sound decent in the flow yeah for the most part um but ultimately those kinds of words aren't that hard i think to to make fit together because they have a lot of the same kind of endings and like suffixes and prefixes and you can just string them all together. Oppression, suppression, depression. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You got all the shun words. um, You got all the isms. You could just rhyme them all together. There you go. It's easy. Yeah. And then profundity happens. Um, we shouldn't sound like we're completely negative because his first real song is called white privilege and he actually seems to be fairly cognizant of white privilege and what it means for him. And yeah, he's not like weirdly defensive, like Eminem. Um, yeah. and it's, it's like, it yeah. feels like a kind of a, a teachable moment for maybe some of his listeners. Uh, I don't know. He probably he didn't has- have a lot of listeners at this point, but you know. In that song, it seems like he is more self-aware than I was in 2005, and I would say more self-aware than I was when I was 23. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I knew you and, back then. It definitely. No. I don't, did I know you when you were 23? <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, okay, yeah. You knew, we lived together when we were when I was 20. Oh, you were that young? Yeah. Oh, no wonder I called you baby cam. I was a little baby boy. <laughs> yeah. I had to change your diaper all the time. Because remember, you you took me to Voodoo Martini across the street. Oh, shit. For my first for drink. For 21st. I do remember that now. <laughs> Fuck. That was a long time ago. That, that shitty bar. Oh, boy. That was a bad bar. It had a real, like, Victoria's Secret aesthetic. <laughs> yeah. It, it certainly did. And our roommate would bring home boys from that bar. Which is All not wrong, but they were, which is not wrong in and of itself, but, oh, yeah. but they were very bad decision boys to bring home. The issue is that they were from that bar. <laughs> the issue and is that fair, they were those if boys. If they brought her home to their place, it would be the, just as bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's call the whole thing off. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> so, uh, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
I'm kind of surprised to hear a lot of this language back in 2005. Yeah. Like, I didn't know anybody who was talking this way. Me either. Like, he feels kind of ahead of the curve. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Where did he learn all this, do you think? He's 23. Do you think, like, he learned some of it in college or, or what? Yeah, it's not like there were, like, medium articles. Like, this is before Black Lives Matter, you know? Like, this is, like, before this kind of stuff was, like actually zeitgeist yeah it was before like the word appropriation was a mainstream word or concept yeah. at, at least in my reckoning i don't i mean we don't have the the monopoly on experiences of 2005 but that's how i remember it yeah and what once again like a lot of the language that he's using is prosaic and doesn't it doesn't necessarily like it's telling instead of showing yeah um I don't know. He has some good moments. Maybe we should just jump right in to talk about white privilege. This is probably going to be a short episode today because uh, I need to help be uh, help parent my new child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, let's listen yeah. to white privilege. Elvis, so where does this leave me? I feel like I pay dues, but I'll always be a white MC. I give everything I have when I write a rhyme, but that doesn't change the fact that this culture is not mine. But I'm gonna be me, so please be who you are. This is something that's effortless and it shouldn't be hard. I said I'm gonna be me, so please be who you are. But we still own 40 acres, now we still own their 16 bars. Hip hop started off in a block that I've never. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. That's a pretty good He's, line. The chorus is basically saying, like, this whole song is sort of a disclaimer. This is me acknowledging my place in my lane in this music to the extent that I should have one. Um, and I, you know, he's just saying like, I'm not going to try to be something I'm not. Um, I'm, I want to participate. I hope, hope, hopefully with this, this whole disclaimer before the rest of this album, you'll be able to engage with it and give me the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. <laughs> sort of the vibe. Um, that last part. Sort, uh, yeah. Sort. I, that, I feel like that's sort of the vibe, but it's also like, I don't know. He's definitely got some social commentary and he talks about Eminem a little bit. Um, and he says, but we still owe him 40 acres. That's in reference to like reconstruction. Like, yeah. you know, former slaves would get 40 acres and a mule. Yeah. Um, and then they didn't, <laughs> or those things were taken from them. Right. Um, and then he's comparing that to like stealing their music. Yeah. Um, culture. Yeah. I mean, it, it does sort of function as a disclaimer, but it's also, he's kind of, I feel like he, yeah, like I said, sort of a teachable moment for white fans of hip hop to like sort of reflect on uh, what that means and where the music comes from and 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 what the music means, you know. Um, yeah, he. I believe in this song. He talks a lot about how the people at shows that he, the hip hop shows that he goes to, are predominantly white. Well, it's Seattle. That, yeah, yeah, and that itself is like a sign of privilege. Like if you can afford to go to shows and you're not like busy trying to survive, you know? Yeah. Um, I like this, this, um, this is actually kind of a metaphor here. Uh, he says hip hop is gentrified and where will all the people live? Yeah. That's kind that of an interesting. Metaphorical. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. I, I like that where it's like, like what genre, what culture will they, will they live in? Yeah. Uh, like musically. Yeah. If they're getting like pushed out, um, yeah, and he likens it to the physical gentrification happening in Seattle, um, which again is, I feel like was not 
at least to my knowledge, a very mainstream concept at the time. Um, he says, it's like the central district beacon Hill to the South end being pushed farther away because of white people did. Uh, now where's my place in music that's been taken by my race culturally appropriated by the white face. Um, I had, yeah. I had a double take because beacon Hill and South end are Boston neighborhoods, uh-huh. <laughs> but apparently there are also a beacon Hill and South end in Seattle too. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So that's weird. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's, you can use those multisyllabic, you know, uh, those words like gentrification, if you use it as a shorthand to get to a bigger idea, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And I like that. It, he earns the use of the word gentrification there by saying, if hip hop is being gentrified, where will, yeah. So I, I think that that makes sense. Yeah. Um, where will all the people live? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. He has a little dig that says, now he lives in Aesop Rock and wear t-shirts that say Brooklyn. Which yeah, is- he's got he's got two Aesop Rock references in this song. Later on, he says, like, uh, what does he say? Let me look up the Aesop. Um, he says, with white corporations controlling what they're feeding you, I brought up Aesop Rock, but I'm not even dissing, dude. We love hip hop. And what do you think Caucasians are listening to? That's a good point. I mean, Aesop corporations are not feeding people Aesop. Rock, I was going to say, say he is He's not pretty a good example of <laughs> <Yeah>. corporate hip hop. <laughs> yeah. um, I think Aesop Rock is originally from Long Island, and he he usually raps with like a pretty thick like Long Island accent or affectation. Long Island, uh, and it's pretty. I don't know. I like. I feel like that is credit to him he's not trying to rap in i've mostly listened to his newer stuff so maybe his older stuff is different you know mm. pre-2005 but to me uh i feel like he's trying to carve out his own space and not distract or steal or take away from other people obviously he's still doing hip-hop but yeah mm-hmm. so i i really like asap rock I've, I've been on the record on the show yeah um let's see and I'm pretty sure he's Jewish. He's like, oh yeah, uh, is it a- a- Ashkenazi? Ashkenazi, yeah. How do you say that? Nazi. Thank you. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's Jewish. Um, not that that's not white, but like he has an ethnic identity that's his own. Yes, and very specific. And it's not. He is. He does have whiteness, mm-hmm. but he's not. Subs- like he's not like subscribing to whiteness. Yeah, I um. One of the one of the poets in in my program when I was in an MFA program was uh, was Jewish, and he wrote a lot of poems about his very conflicted relationship to whiteness and how and what that like meant for him and for all of his uh, diverse friends. And uh, he made some pretty interesting art about that. Yeah, uh, one of my friends like a couple months ago, um, back when there was a chance that Bernie Sanders. Could- <laughs> might be the uh, Democratic back candidate. Back when we had any um, hope. Yeah. <laughs> now, back when we didn't necessarily have to choose between two rapists. Yes. <laughs> um, he 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 was making all these posts about like how uh, Bernie Sanders isn't white because he's Jewish, and like it was, and this was from a non-white person, he not from a Jewish person, but like a. Uh, a Caribbean person and like he was posting all these articles that said things to the 
effective. Sorry, we, uh, sorry, white people, you can't have Bernie Sanders. Mm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting um, because I think there's some real legitimacy to that. I mean, like, if you're an old Jewish person in New York, like, you're going to have a whole history of anti-Semitism, of being excluded from whiteness, mm-hmm. and, like, that's that's changing, I'm sure, like, generation, decade to decade, you know, right. but, like, and not necessarily getting better, but getting different. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think there's an argument to be made there, but at the end of the day, it's like, he's a pale dude, and he can pass as white, and, well, yeah. Jewish, like white Jewish Judaism has been like fully incorporated into whiteness. I I think at this point, um, in well, in a lot of ways. Mm. I mean, it's, yeah, it's like the more I talk about it, the more I like feel conflicted about it. It's almost it's like, like whiteness is a fake idea made up right, by exactly. people in power to oppress other people. I mean, you think about JFK. And how controversial that was because he's a Catholic. Yeah, he's Irish Catholic, which yeah, and it's like yeah, people were basically like he's not really white. Yeah, you know, at, even at that time, which it wasn't that long ago, you know. So it kind of reminds me of this. It's like he's he would be the first non-Christian, non-nominally Christian, you know, right presidential candidate. Yeah, yeah. So man, just uh, what could have been, you know. Uh, <sighs> Um, all right, where were we? Do we, should we, oh man, it's like 7.30 my time. Uh, happy, uh, by yeah, the way. Ha- I, I got some sound samples. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, which Were you trying to tell me? I was going to say, I was going to say happy 420 everyone. That's the day we're recording this. Oh yes. Um, I wish I could <laughs> That's get. That's why we're so together. <laughs> uh, yeah. I wish I could get completely zooted out of my gourd, but COVID took that from me too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're just high on oxygen right now. That's well, I wish I were. Yeah. <laughs> sort of low on oxygen right now probably uh cameron would you describe yourself as a best bud uh no <laughs> i i think you i might call you a best bud you're you're a good I'm you're a good bud. pal <laughs> <laughs> oh boy um uh, which which sounds sample you want to listen to well let's let's listen to all of them uh there's one about him talking about taking profits away from black rappers yeah let's do that the face of hip hop has changed a lot since Eminem, and if he's taking away black artist profits, I look just like him. Claim the culture that wasn't. He doesn't really look just like him. He doesn't have the weird, yeah. like spiked, frosted tips thing. Yeah. I actually and, I don't know uh, what his haircut was like in 2005. You never know. That's true. I would also say I at that at this time, how much was Macklemore actually like stealing? profit wise from black rappers <laughs> like i would venture to like, guess probably not a lot <laughs> yeah it's like you're fine man <laughs> like give it a couple years but you know you'll get there but yeah i don't yeah it's good that he's thinking about it i guess but it's like i feel like he's kind of giving himself too much credit <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um i think the if you want to play the sound sample that says music without the burden i feel like he very very succinctly, succinctly. How do you say that? Succinctly. Succinctly. Yeah. Succinctly. Succinctly. <laughs> um, Ashkenazi. Gets at the idea of appropriation in a way that I feel like I'm still trying to explain to people in my day to day life, like today. 
and they're just not getting it. But he got it all the way back then. So you want to play it? What was the name of that one again? Music Without the Burden. Gotcha. Here we go. Acknowledge the benefits of our white privilege Cause it's human nature to want to be part of something different Especially when your ancestors are European Christians And most whites don't want to acknowledge this is occurring Cause we got the best deal, the music without the burden Yeah, yeah, that's true Yeah, yeah, that, that is a good way to put it um, In a way that, yeah, I think m- Might help some people to understand what it means yeah, and it's like, admit, yeah, I appreciate that he's like, it makes sense that you want to be part of something else because your hair, you don't know how to like make, like, you don't know how to be attracted to your heritage, you know? Yeah. Um, although I would, I would argue that like the ethnic identity, there's a lot of ethnic identity that intersects with whiteness. Um, right that is that is valid yeah like um, german that, culture is very different from like spanish culture for instance yeah or 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 even um pacific northwest culture you know what i mean yeah like that's an ethnic identity that is crosses racial boundaries you know but like you don't have to like <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah. you don't have to steal someone else's cultural identity to have your own cultural identity yeah i can and I, mm- Go ahead. And no one can have a cultural identity that's just like in a vacuum as well. Yeah, exactly. So I, I kind of like he does this sort of like uh, back and forth thing where he he kind of embodies two characters like himself and his own interlocutor uh, near the end of this verse. He says he, he kind of like puts on a different voice. I wish I had a sound sample. Um, he says, but it's not about black and white, right? And then he responds to that saying, I mean, good music is good music regardless. Or sorry, this is still part of the same uh, like other character, but it's not about black and white, right? I mean, good music is good music regardless of what you look like. And his response is, but when you don't give them props, isn't that selfish? That's like saying rock was actually started by Elvis. Um, yeah. And then I don't remember if this is which character this is in, he, but he says, so where does this leave me? I feel like I pay dues, but I'll always be a white MC. I give everything I have when I write a rhyme, but that doesn't change the fact that this culture is not mine. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately like still not the most compelling language, but he's getting across a lot of ideas that are very easy to understand that are kind of next level stuff, especially for 2005 from a white person. Yeah. They hadn't invented medium at this point. So they just had to make (laughs) songs instead of medium posts. And that's what this is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He even says, I believe in this song, um, you know, now that the like overhead to producing your own, you know, rap album or mixtape is so low, anyone can do it. And it's like flooded the market and the scene with, uh, all these white rappers. Um, which, yeah, I think is, is an interesting point. Mm -hmm. Um, the democratization, (laughs) You know, like you don't have to go through a hip hop studio to get signed necessarily or to get your name out there. You don't have to deal with, you know, black gatekeepers. You can just make your own hip hop um, and uh, go around that boundary uh, in a way that, yeah, Eminem couldn't uh, Mm -hmm. back in the 90s. Um, And I think that's a really interesting point about the direction of music in general, but especially music that has that is folk music where it gets handed down and it's about relationships Mm -hmm. so and and mentorships 
Yeah. Uh, he so he talked a bunch about in the last album about how he is making positive hip hop that's not about thugs or guns, etc. And he does a real 180. Um, he's still saying he doesn't do music about that stuff, but he has a better mm-hmm. explanation as to why. If you yes, want to play that he has a lot more compelling things to say about it than last album. Yeah. About guns, so they label me cautious. But I don't rap about guns because I wasn't forced into the project. See, I was put in a position where I could choose my options. Blessed with the privilege that my parents could send me to college. Now, who's going to shows? The kids in the block star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Is uh, it? Well, yep. Should we, should we move on? Yeah. So we talk about, I don't want to talk about all 20 songs. Definitely. Or even, not. Or even most of the songs. Exactly. <laughs> But we should talk about more than one. Yeah. Do you want to talk about B-Boy or skip it? Mm, I could skip B-Boy. I, I like that it's um, that he's talking about B-Boys. Like, I, um, one, of, one of the like, landmarks of my musical education was when I was couch surfing with this guy in Austin, this guy Carlos, who was really cool and just let me have basically the run of his place and leave and come whenever I wanted. Um, and... Uh, I didn't see him very often because he would go to sleep at like 6 p.m. and wake up at 3 to go to the gym and stuff. Um, but there was one night where we were like hanging out and like watching YouTube stuff. And uh, he just like explained to me some of the like roots of hip hop and how there was like these three figures. There was the MC, the DJ, and the B-boy. And so the, right. the MC is like the rapper. The DJ is like the producer now, the guy who's spinning on the records. And the B-boy is the dancer. And... uh I feel like, and he, he, it was like really, really good and helpful for me to just like lay it out for me in that way. Um, oftentimes just explaining things from that kind of, uh, eagle eye view, like is really helpful for me, but to just talk about like how it was this social movement just like started in these like gatherings of people where there are these three roles that just sort of coalesced. Um, right. And they're, they're not they're like the, they don't, they don't really like go together that much anymore. I feel like, dancers and a social function has been obscured yeah. by the industry yeah exactly and it's like you don't really hear the term b-boy or b-girl um anymore and uh dancing is kind of just like off on its own and then music makers are off together djs and mcs in their own little world it's funny there's there's often um a similar criticism in the old-time music community like the um uh, traditional American fiddle and banjo music community, mm-hmm. uh, specifically from banjo players uh, who who say like you know people don't sing in old time jams anymore. It's all revolving around the fiddler, and people aren't like singing songs, and people aren't playing solo banjo music anymore. And it's all just sort of um, the people who want to sing are on one side, the people who want to dance are on one side, and the people who want to play fiddle tunes are on the other. And um, it's just sort of compartmentalized, and everyone can do exactly what they want for as long as they want and not have to do any of the other stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. Like, that's not necessarily the roots of, you Mm. know, this music. Um, It's dance music, a lot of it. Yeah, a lot of it's dance music. Um, even a lot of the fiddlers would like, you know, sit around in a circle and play one at a time for each other, sharing their tunes as opposed to all playing in unison at the same time. And yeah, it's like uh, the the roles 
change um, when the scene gets bigger and when there becomes an industry around it and when it gets commodified. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would be down with. So there's a song about claiming the city and it's about gentrification. I don't necessarily have anything to say about it. And I'd be kind of down with just moving on to fake ID because I think it's kind of fun. Okay. Do you want to do, does that mean you want to listen to the sample or just skip it entirely? I'd say, I'd say let's just skip it. Okay. Yeah. Let's go on to his first story song, which I think is maybe one of his more uh, successful songs. I I feel like he's at his best on this album when he's just a storyteller. Yes. Yeah. Standing in the rain, stranded on Broadway, and giving them all my change. The rest of the summer, man, I was on fade. Seventeen had it made, getting drunk every day. Hey, I got treated a whole new way because of a piece of plastic that proved I was of age. You know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, you get this little piece of plastic, and you're in the club. <laughs> Seventeen, like, bah, check it out. It's like this, yeah. Now for the next three years, I had so much. <laughs> I I feel like his his voice is the most affected in this song, especially in these little interludes. I feel like he's trying to do like something akin to like a Will Smith impression. Yeah. He's, I, he's putting on some kind of black scent and it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. I agree. I also think it does sound better than his other voices. It also does. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Cause I, I don't know. Like he's, I alluded earlier to where he's starting to sound more like Macklemore. And I think it just really, it sounds like it just really rubs me the wrong way hearing his um, sort of like sighing, like <laughs> as if he's delivering every line with like a, <sighs> you're wow. That's, that's absolutely correct. He does do that. He totally Shit. does. Especially when he's like trying to be sincere and like meaningful. And it just like, I, do not like how it sounds there's there's an implied smh uh the entire time when he's rapping yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like tl semicolon dr and i'm like lmao <laughs> rafflecopter <laughs> that's one you haven't heard in a while huh <clears throat> uh, all right uh yeah yeah yeah. so it's about uh Are you dying a little bit <sighs> I'm dying to get on with our discussion of this music. Hey, Uh, he says, when I was 17, I was staying in NYC and my homie told me where I could get a fake ID. Uh, He says, he quotes the guy saying, Ayo, son, you better get that shit when you in NY. Uh, So I hopped on the subway and I gave it a try. So apparently he's 5'9 in his ID. Is Macklemore actually 5'9? I always got the impression that he was like big. I never thought he was big. I always thought that he was like 6'2 and like kind of broad. No, he's he's a dude, Cameron. He ain't a broad. Okay. Excuse at, me. At celebheights.com <laughs> uh, claims 5'11. Okay. Yeah. celebheights.com that's so funny <laughs> the, the dude there's exists. so many of those exact <laughs> websites let me go to uh, celebfeats.com and search for macklemore actually Ooh, yikes <laughs> uh there's there's this one episode it's i think it's called like the mystery show it was this like little prestige series like in the wake of serial where people were looking Yum. for like kind of similar kind of shows yeah but it was actually a cute little show and it had this one story about trying to figure out how tall Jake Gyllenhaal actually was. 
Oh. How, and uh, they actually got him on on the show at the end of it. They got Jake uh, Gyllenhaal on the show? Yeah, to talk about how tall he is. Damn. Which doesn't necessarily seal the deal. Like <laughs> He could be lying. Uh Right, yeah, but it's 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 kind of fun. It was kind of a fun episode. I don't remember why that was a mystery or why someone wrote in needing to know, but um, it's like this hotly contested thing, like how tall he is. Well, what, don't leave us hanging. What did he say, how tall he was? Uh, you'll have to listen and find out. Linked in the learning links. God damn it. God damn you. I'll never forgive you. I think he's, I think he's like, I if I remember right, it was like a, I don't know, a... Uh, 511 it's oh. the same okay <laughs> i feel like saying you're 511 is is shorthand for i'll admit i'm not six feet tall <laughs> but i'm not go- it's like saying you're 29 <laughs> yeah you know what i mean <laughs> it's like saying you you got like five and a half inches i don't know i forget what the average <laughs> matter, is i don't know <laughs> matter of fact <laughs> matter of fact it's five feet 11 inches <laughs> yeah exactly um real freak uh what was i yeah 511 jake gyllenhaal he's 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 about uh he's about one macklemore high i'd say <laughs> uh, uh i have one sound sample where i don't know he's just being kind of cute he's talking about shack on crack <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah okay Nah, we don't take the I tried to reach and grab my shit back, but that motherfucker was tougher than Shaq on crack. I should have punched him, but I would have reached his kneecap, and that probably wouldn't have hurt him very much. <laughs> I like that part. I don't know. He, getting hit in the kneecap sounds painful. It does. Um, I do. He does a lot of like breaking the rhyme scheme, and usually it he doesn't seem like he's doing it for any real reason. Like he just kind of wanted to use a specific word and didn't give a shit. But here, yeah. it feels very intentional and adds a lot to the humor where he says... Yeah, he's sort of trailing off. Yeah, but the motherfucker was tougher than Shaq on crack. I should have punched him, but I would have reached his kneecap, and that probably wouldn't have hurt him very much. <laughs> Ellipses. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out that saying someone is on on crack as a phrase is was very popular around this time, uh, problematic yes. as it is. Yes. <clears throat> Yeah, it, it's, I guess, like, there was enough distance from that being, like, I don't know, there's always a drug <laughs> that's mm. sort of, that's sort of the the zeitgeist drug that people talk about, um, and then you get enough distance from it. But I feel like crack was sort of the, the first one, mm. where everyone was just like, that'll always be there in, in our consciousness, like, yeah remember when you know crack babies yeah exactly <laughs> and crackheads oh man um you were wrong about it. It has such a great episode on is it specifically called yeah. crack babies uh i think it's it's about crack yeah i then they do definitely talk about quote-unquote crack babies too so that'll be in the learning links yeah right, you're wrong Cameron? about crack babies yep ah nice finding it right now uh well, yeah, so this song's, yeah, it's kind of charming. It's just about him uh, being 17 in New York, um, trying to get into clubs, and then ultimately getting his li- uh, his fake ID taken away by a bouncer who recognizes it as a fake. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a weird kind of moral at the end of the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does he say? But hopefully you learned a lesson from me. Yeah. Never take an MC's fake ID. 
Yep, I said never take an MC's fake ID. You could be buff and tough. It don't matter to me, because you're going to get burned if you step to MC's. What As does if that this mean? song is like the ultimate diss track. Ultimately, the bouncer kind of comes off as like having a lot of agency and being pretty impenetrable. And he's kind like, of the hero. <laughs> he's kind of the hero. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> keeping and, a seventeen-year-old from getting drunk every day. Yeah, and and uh, Macklemore kind of goes off on him, where he's like, "Your mother is dumb for having you. You're a bouncer because you have a small dick, and as a kid, everyone laughed at you." You're too big and you never seem to listen. You look injected with the shit they give to KFC chickens. It just seems like an extremely like insecure person lashing out at someone who is has demonstrated I, that they're strong. I do than them. think that's intentional. I do think it's supposed to be ironic. Wait, so you think the moral I, is supposed to be ironic? I th- I think so. And I think the 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 burns, I think those are all supposed to be ironic as well. Mm. Um, because there's like a, a bunch of people saying, get him like in between each one of the burns. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. And I think it's supposed to be clear that he's just being a petulant child. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the thing that's sort of weird at the end of the song that doesn't really track for me is like, it's not like this bouncer is going to hear and then be embarrassed. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, did, he didn't dox this bouncer in the way that like Eminem sometimes did with like, you know, his stepdad or whatever saying right. that he was a rapist, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> <clears throat> well, I think we should talk about a few more songs. What, what sure. else stood out to you? Uh, let's see. Uh, well, we have our choice of both the bu- of Bush song and penis song. Okay, I think we should at least talk about Bush song and penis song. Okay, Bush song. All right, I admit it, I hate him. Where's Dick Cheney at? Probably off in Iraq, finding some oil to tap. Tell him I got up on that. And y'all still think it was Bin Laden. And when it was us and the Masons plotting on oil profits. I'm evil, but y'all didn't know, though. Now y'all stuck with the president that y'all didn't vote for. Unemployment is up, the economy's in a ditch. Our country's at war, but I don't give a shit, I'm rich. I'm evil, but y'all didn't know, though. He sounds like he's kind of adopting... It's not quite an Eminem voice. It's like a little bit more Southern than that, but he's definitely like putting on, I guess he's trying to sort of evoke the like fake Southern accent of George Bush. Do you, are you saying George Bush's accent is fake? Dude, he, he like grew up in Kennebunk, didn't he? I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what that is. It's a place in Maine. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Kennebunk. I mean, yeah, his dad certainly didn't sound like that, did he? No. Huh. Is there video somewhere or audio of like him ever talking in a different way? Oh, uh, I guess oh, maybe I'm looks like I'm wrong. It says he was uh he was ra- he was born in Connecticut. He was raised in Midland and Houston, Texas. Okay. Yeah. Um Okay. So maybe it's not that fake. I mean, it's definitely not yeah. something he would have picked up at his home, so he would have picked it up from like other people around him and it, it feels like he definitely did play it up like for his persona yeah uh this is not a, if it's supposed to be a bush impression it's not a good one it's not at all a good one. it's not even it's a hacky bad. one it's just not it's just not uh it's, George a, it's w. Bush not a one all. it's not even a one um, so yeah, yeah it's, that's kind of bizarre 
in this song. <laughs> yeah. It's also, he kind of does that thing that ICP does when they want to criticize or attack someone where they just like inhabit the voice of that person or group and then just literally stri- straight up say, I'm evil. We're bad. We're racist and homophobic. We're sexist, <laughs> yeah. etc." It's like, huh. I don't know how like good of an artistic technique that is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it sort of seems to me like the, these are not the the specific lessons to be learned from the George W. Bush presidency. Um, they're the lessons to be learned from like the Trump pre- presidency, where like the cruelty is like the point and is just bald and there, um, and it actually is insidious. Well, it actually is like evil in like a in a transparent way. But I feel like the George Bush presidency, what I remember of it and the way people have talked about it since is more like, this is like an incompetent dude with like a chip on his shoulder um, who just had no, had no business being president. Um, And the real evil was sort of the, the people he surrounded himself with. And, the idea of anyone other than a person absolutely qualified uh, having like no one should be president, maybe period of this country. Yeah. Like it's a bad job, yeah. but like certainly not him. And then like the way he's sort of manipulated by um, yeah, his cabinet. Mm. Like he, I don't think of, I, I think of George W. Bush's evil as being uh, a lot more complicated Huh, I wonder. Than a Trump evil. I mean, this is like, this is pre, uh, yeah, it's like, how much of it can you actually just place on George Bush and how much of it can you place on like the neoconservative movement and like Dick Cheney and the Republicans in the Senate, you know, because things like the war in Iraq, like a bunch of, well, Republicans and Democrats voted for that on just total lies. Um, And, uh, I mean, I, I guess things like the Katrina response, which was completely bungled, that's directly from the executive office. Um, the thing, it's funny that he he calls out uh, the economies in the toilet, the, the ditch, sorry. Unemployment is up. And this is 2005. This is before like the Great Recession. Yeah. Which was, again, probably not something you could directly trace back to George W. Bush. Although, on the other hand, he did campaign on tax cuts for rich people and corporations. That was like one of his signature campaign cool. issues. So maybe he's more culpable for it than just the broader neocon right. movement. <coughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and also, yeah, George Bush wasn't... I don't remember him being vocally racist um, or intolerant. I don't um, either. If anything, I remember I him he, trying to court like the Hispanic vote and like yeah, speaking I, I, in Spanish I, at events and stuff. I, I remember him being, yeah, sort of civically racist and, <laughs> you know, in the way that like, racist. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, John McCain, you know, or like any of these other like yeah. people who are trying to, I mean, he was a little less civic. And like put together, he was a lot less civic and put together than John McCain. But like, you know, just like he, it was like, I have like morals and sort of standards and like values. And then the racism would be underneath those. Mm -hmm. Um, But he didn't say things like. um, I'm evil. 
And if these Mexicans keep coming in, I'm a dismemberer. Um, you don't see me in El Paso selling their tacos. Shit in my El Baño. I'll cut off your asshole. Yeah, I don't recall him saying something like that, you know? Yeah, like, I don't know what the point is of putting these words in George Bush's mouth. Like, yeah. maybe the point he's trying to make is, like, he may as well be saying these things, or this is what he's actually thinking. But, yeah, I don't I don't feel like it's very... I don't think it's very funny. Um it's not super offensive to me, although he is saying a lot of inf- offensive things and to what end? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, at a certain point you're just saying things that are offensive. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I agree that George W. Bush is evil. Absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like the infantilization of him in the past few years and his friendship with Michelle Obama and like all that bullshit. I feel like Ellen it's DeGeneres. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like all that stuff is like deeply troubling and makes me really distrust a lot of people in my life when they celebrate it. Yeah. And say he wasn't that bad. I look back with fondness on those days. You know, it's like, how dare you? Yeah. Um, Were you paying attention at all during that time? Yeah, but <laughs> but I, I but I really don't think that this song is uh I don't know. I don't think it has anything to say and Yeah. I don't know I don't even know if it's like harmful (laughs) yeah you know what i mean it seems like it's just like unimpactful yeah so it's just a yeah big nothing yeah uh speaking of big nothings we should talk about the penis song and then stop. oh yes (laughs) and then finish as it were oh boy god made this all different and special but shit that he really had to invent lopsided testicles I don't have them. I just, I feel bad for like, you know, the guys that like, you know, their left one like hangs like lower than the right one. Kind of like a, kind of like a lazy eye, like on your, on your balls. I mean, I, I don't know. I just heard that I feel bad. This is my That's the only song. laugh in this song. <laughs> I wish that I had a bigger song. Is it, Cameron, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like, uh, having quote unquote lopsided balls is like the human man condition. <laughs> I'm pretty it's, sure it's like that no one has perfectly balls even <laughs> balls. Like he keeps talking about how he wants to be a porn star in this song. Like he wishes he was a porn star. And it's just like, I was trying to think back on like, you know, uh, have I ever seen a porno where a man has had like symmetrical balls? <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I don't think that's a thing. Yeah. I, I, do, I think it's ana- anatomically like not, the norm in as much as there is a quote unquote anatomical norm. Uh, I do not think it is the like usual configuration. <laughs> I think it's like the human body, like um, has them hang at different heights, like for, uh, I, I know, I think there may be reasons. Are you, about, sa- are you like, saying um, we're fearfully and wonderfully made? That's <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're knit together in our mother's womb uh, with yeah. intelligent design and lopsided testicles. <laughs> Like Beautiful, a lazy eye godly, on your balls. <laughs> lopsided testicles. Ah, uh, shit. <clears throat> um, he wants to uh, get arrested going streaking if he had a big dick. Um, <laughs> I feel like streaking was kind of having a the little bit of The bigger the dick, the bigger the sentence. <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd get 11 months, if you know what I mean. Um, I feel like streaking was kind of having a little bit of a moment at this time. I don't know. I feel like it was sort of a little bit more popular and like it appeared in that movie old school. You know, I, f- I feel like it was in pop culture, maybe jackass and stuff. 
I kind of remember that from around this time. Yes. I don't think it is very popular now and for good reason. Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. Those guys had socks, you know. That's true. Uh, Even they had socks. Uh, So (laughs) Macklemore goes to great lengths to clarify early on in the song. It's not that he has a small penis. Do you want to play? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sound sample. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, wait. Wrong one. Wrong one. It's got to be this one. I wish my dick was bigger. Yep. I can admit it. I'm above average on inches, but I want a damn double digit. He's above average on inches, you know? Yeah. But he, he wants more. He does have a big penis. It is big. It's it's big. It's bigger than average. It's definitely yeah. big. He just wanted yeah. monstrous. <laughs> I want a, I want a weapon <laughs> of genitals. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of reminds me of the like, you know, I'm not gay, but <laughs> mm-hmm. but if I were um, bait, if I were gay, I'd be the gayest gay that ever gayed. <laughs> uh, there's another moment in this song where <clears throat> he he he's comparing his penis to someone else's and it's he says that he feels like a little kid which i think is really funny yeah <laughs> do you want to play that yeah no girls have told me that i'm big when i watch a porno i feel like a little kid i mean let's take yeah and he, he name drops ron jeremy at the end of that line yeah ron jeremy for those of you who don't know is i i would say of of a, a a not conventionally attractive man even nope. in his prime um but he was a porn star i'm assuming on the sole reason of his incredibly large penis donkey dick um although yeah. according to the uh, genius annotation it's not even double digits it's 9.75 i mean that's really big <laughs> that's it's so very big large it's very big but this it might as well be ron jeremy singing this song i wish my dick was bigger yep i can admit it i'm above <laughs> average on inches but i wanted damn double digits uh, well mm-hmm. we're on season 13 are we gonna finally get him out <laughs> and disclose oh, whip him out <laughs> yeah open up celebritydicks.com and see if we're on there oh, okay yeah yeah <laughs> uh celebrity typing 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 yeah i'm definitely typing this web address in not definitely not just mashing my fingers on the keyboard uh oh look at that server not found (laughs) uh i don't necessarily know if i have anything to say about the rest of these songs uh and also we're you know running short on time at least on my end yeah uh I am there's I appreciate the attempts at humor. I think I think Macklemore is funny at the height of his career. Mhm. And I think Macklemore is poignant at the height of his career and I see hints that we're going to get some more of that. It makes me hopeful for Macklemore. Like yes. he's he's already demonstrated more growth than Eminem ever did, I think. <laughs> like between <laughs> but not in his penis. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> He's walking around trying to pump blood into his Alfonso, I think he says. <laughs> I, yeah, that was inscrutable. Yeah. I, re- I refuse to scrute that. Uh, yeah. Cameron, does one side of your scrut hang lower than the other? <laughs> do your balls hang low? Do they wobble to and fro? Can you tie them in or not? Can I wonder, you tie how, them in I wonder how many times you've sung that. Have I sung show? that about balls on this show? <laughs> not about balls, but. Oh. Huh. What do you know? Uh, yeah, I guess, the, guess that's it for the show. 
<laughs> uh, can note. we can we end with his Howard Dean scream at the? It's the last vocalization on this album. Oh God! And then we'll yep. do our ending credits. Yes. Peace and blessings. This is my language. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> and that's the real deal, homie. Is that? Is that really a sound sample of the Howard Dean scream, or are you just referencing that time? I'm just referencing thing? it. That's him. That's him. It's been so long since I yeah, heard the Howard what... Dean scream, I couldn't, you know, immediately place it. No, that one's more of like, yeah. <laughs> I remember Sorry, the, the older older kids um, around me would like uh, they they love to just like quote dave Chappelle sketches sketches at each other sketches sketches and sketches there's sketches and sketches there's sketches um and there there was one that i i guess it was a dave Chappelle one i never did see it on his show i've seen it um where he's like i like lesbians (laughs) so that's uh that that was the main way that the howard dean scream interacted with my life personally uh yeah dave Chappelle. we did not have time (laughs) No, I, we don't. I, I don't have. I don't actually have a take on him. So, yeah, I don't think I do either. Uh, fun fact: uh, lots of people out there in the internet internet could uh, could learn from this. Uh, you don't have to have a take on everything. You know, it's true. Fun, fun bit of trivia for you there. You, uh, you know, some of you people on Twitter should try it sometime. Here's my take: transphobia, not cool. Dave Chappelle, shut your mouth. J.K. Rowling, shut your mouth. Uh, Wait, is J.K. Rowling transphobic? Uh, she made a transphobic tweet recently. Ah, fuck, man! Yeah. I, I, it makes me like look back JK fondly. Rowling's canceled. Yeah, it makes me look back fondly on the days when she just talked about how wizards would shit themselves walking around Hogwarts and then magic away <laughs> the shit. <laughs> I really miss that old, like, insane <laughs> J.K. Rowling. <laughs> That didn't have malice towards anyone in that particular tweet. It was problematic, but not morally. It yeah. was just like, this is a problem. <laughs> this is aesthetically and like humanistically. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> All well, right. Well, let's <laughs> look. close it up. <laughs> look, everyone. All I have to say is that's the real deal, homie. That's the real deal, homie. It's my language. Actually, did we mention the, the title of this album is... Uh, the language of my the world. The language of my world, yeah. 2005. Um, I don't think we're going to talk about anything until the two, the heist in 2012. He... I thought there was another one. Is there? Uh, is there like a mixtape? Should... Okay. Do you want to... Co- do you want to cover the unplanned mixtape? The thing right before the heist? Or should we jump right in? Oh. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, maybe we should figure out if the unplanned mixtape is any right. good. We'll do some digging and see if there's anything worth talking about in there. I really wanted oh. to talk about the first mixtape, Open Your Eyes, because there's some pretty interesting content in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Damn. Well, the unplanned mixtape went to number seven on the iTunes hip hop chart okay. in, in 2009, which is probably around the time that the iTunes music chart was at the height of its popularity and influence. Yes. So maybe we should talk about it. Okay. Well, let's talk about the unplanned... Let's plan on reviewing the unplanned mixtape. Let's plan about it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, Thanks for being patient with us. Uh, You can visit us online at boxset.website. Email us at email at boxset.website. You can write us a review on iTunes. 
um, that would be nice if you have a spare moment in the lockdown. Uh, hopefully, you can wear a mask when you go on a walk or a bike ride, so that people like Nathan, yes, don't get the <laughs> more dates with Miss Rona. Yeah, that's we figured. Yeah, if you are on a uh, running path or some such, um, definitely watch out because a runner who runs past you. Uh, prob- needs much more than six feet of uh, safe distance because of the way that they uh, are spewing clouds of germs out and creating what they call yeah. a slipstream. Um, so yeah, watch out for that. That might be how uh, my wife and I got got a little uh, dance with Rona. <clears throat> um, yeah, if you want to support us directly, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. You can also listen to Cameron's other podcast, Get Up in the Cool, of which... There was a special lockdown edition in Cameron's front yard uh, involving musicians very far away from each other wearing masks. Yeah, uh, I think we did a pretty good job considering how difficult it is to play, you know, fast fiddle tunes, fast noty fiddle tunes in time when you're eight feet apart. Yeah, the speed of sound is no natural reverb. (laughs) Yeah, the speed of sound is not the same as the speed of light. It's not. Yeah, (laughs) turns out. Yeah. All right, well, see you next week, everyone. I've been Nathan Hunt, and I'm making a song instead of a medium post. And I've been Cameron DeWitt, and um, I want double digits. (laughs) Okay. It really is the devil's disease. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, If you get it, that means you did something that God doesn't like and he's punishing you. Yeah. So we, we are, we are the virus and uh, yes. Yeah. We are the virus. Some people keep saying (laughs) in my case, it's uh, miscegenation. Oh no. (laughs) You did do that. I keep forgetting. (laughs) 